0: Standing firm. Listen, if there's ever a day the church needs to stand firm, it's today. It's today. This is not the day to cower, to back down, to shrink back. This is not the day to be half hearted and uncommitted. This is our fourth or fifth lesson. I don't remember. I think it's the fourth one. But anyway, we need to stand strong in the power of God. Amen? We are the church. We are a spirit filled, living, breathing church. We're not intimidated. We're not threatened. We're not backing down. We're not running away. We're going to stand firm. And everybody who believes that said, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, let's look at the Word of God today. And uh, the previous lessons, we've had uh, the weapon of praise, first lesson. I mean, you got to praise your way through some stuff. Some stuff you just got to praise your way through. You can't figure it out. You can't reason with it. You can't argue with it. You can't debate it. You can't find any Real logical explanation for it or why you have to go through it. You just have to praise your way. How many ever had to praise your way through some stuff? Amen. The ones that know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. The rest of you hadn't been through nothing. But if you're ever going through, is anybody going through something where all you had left to do was praise the Lord? Amen. Some of you. Some of you are so anxious to take notes. uh, I guess you're just not responding. But somebody needs to nudge your neighbor and say, wake up. We're about to have church. And so then we talked about the origin of warfare. Where does it come from? How many know there's a real devil out there? This is not a skip through the park. This is not, this is not just a little uh, church exercise, Max. We're not just going and just having church and playing a game. This is war. This is really war. And it's invisible warfare. And so it's why a lot of people miss it. But, but five, ten minutes you were worshiping the Lord this morning. How many know the devil was working to distract, to distort, to confuse to to uh To tear down to divide to conquer to co- just anything and everything he can do to get your mind off the worship and the word of god that's what warfare is and he'll use anything he'll use technology he'll use the sound he'll use the music he'll use anything you use a uh, on, on, hopefully on on online you're getting it if you can't get it i can't help you because I'm not a technologist there's no such word as a technologist. But since you don't know either, I made it up, okay? So technological things can get you. But how many is determined in your mind you're not going to let anything stop you? Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give life and more abundantly. So that was the origin of warfare. And then the areas of conflict of mind, the mind. Well, that's the battleground. That's the place where he sows seed and tries to get us down and depressed and discouraged and defeated and, and all of these things come, and they start in the attack of the mind. And then the trap of offense. How many of you got that sermon? Say, Pastor, how did that get in the middle of a sermon on spiritual warfare? If there's one thing the enemy wants to use in the church today is offense. Wants to do, just make you offended by everything and anything, and uh, you didn't shake my hand, you didn't hug my neck. Well, I can't right now. As soon as they let me, I'm going to hug you so tight you're going to explode. Amen. It's just kind of a it's kind of a different world to live in. Uh I'm a hugger and I'm a, I'm a I'm a person of lots of affection, right? And uh and so I've been illegally hugging people. It's not it's not kosher, but I do it anyway, taking the risk. I said I'd rather take the risk than to not love you, right? And so it's hard, but I've been making it. The trap of offense and then today standing firm. How do we engage enemy you not only do, how do we engage the enemy, but how do we win? Really, I, I don't want to just fight. How I many want to win? Anybody ever played football? And you're just like, I'll play, coach. I don't really want to win. I'll just play. They can just smash me to the ground. I don't really care, coach. I just want to play. No, we want to win. Don't we? Yeah, of course. We want to win. And guess what? We read the end of the book. We do win. We will win. The Bible says we're overcomers, Mark. We're overcomers. We're going to make it. I said we're going to make it. We may not look like much when we get there, but we're going to make it. So how do we overcome? Uh, Previously, we spoke of our mindset. A mindset is a fixed mental attitude that predetermines our response to interpreting a certain situation. And we looked at Romans 8. And so uh, Romans 8, and and it's just it's powerful. But the bottom line is this. The mind governed or controlled by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Right? Well let me read it in case you missed it. Uh, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. So the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. That's the word of the Lord today. So how many want your minds set on Jesus? Set on what God can do, set on the Holy Spirit. And so, so there are, there are areas, there are at least five commands, uh, from the scriptures that help us, uh, 16th chapter of 1 Corinthians, uh, verses 13 and 14. Five, five mindsets are, 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 are things that you can set your mind on that lead us to victory over the enemy. Anybody want to walk in victory? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, do you want the victory? Come on. Of course we do. So I say, Pastor, I want it, but how do I get it? And that's why I feel like this Lord, the Lord has set us on this, on this journey. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be on guard. Here's If you want notes, here's your notes right out of the text. Number one, be on guard. Number two, stand firm in your faith, respecting his precepts and keeping your doctrine sound. Uh, act like mature believers and be courageous. Uh, Number three, be courageous. Number four, be strong. Be strong. Number five, let everything you do be done in love or motivated and inspired by God's love for us. This is a textual sermon. This is right out of the text. Your five points
1: right out of that one couple of verses. Stand firm in your faith. Are you hearing me? Be courageous. Be strong. Let everything be done in love. Right?
0: And so this, this is important. Be on guard, stand firm, um, be courageous, be strong, and let everything be done in love. So let's go, let's go forward with this, and let's, let's do this. Number one, stay on guard. Stay on guard. If you're going to do warfare, you cannot just lounge around. You can't be casual. You gotta be very seriously alert. Remember what Peter said? He said there's a, a, angry, uh, enemy, adversary, Who's going about like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion? He's not a roaring lion. How many know Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah? How many know we got to know who we're serving? How many know the Lord can take care of the enemy? The battle belongs to the Lord. So if we get to believing the enemy's lies and and just relaxing, we'll deal with Samson in a little bit. He's a good illustration of this. But uh, the name Delilah means relax. Relax, and he relaxed in the lap of Delilah, and boy, did he lose his anointing. Is anybody hearing me? If you're going to do spiritual warfare, if you're going to fight the fight of faith, if you're going to make it to the end and be an overcomer, you have to
1: be on guard. You have to be alert, attentive, watchful, wide awake. Wake up. How many know we're living in a very horrific time? It's the last of the last days. It's very dark out there. It's very dark in the church. There's churches that are blind,
0: blind as bats to what's going on in reality. Rocked to sleep, if you will.
1: Mesmerized. Coma state. And that's what's happening. And so, you, you know, you've got to be on your guard.
0: And so I think to be on guard means to, uh, to it, it kind of requires us to develop spiritual discernment. It requires spiritual discernment. This is real. And the Holy Spirit gives us the power to spiritually discern some things. We have the Holy Spirit's presence. And as Pentecostals, we have the Holy Spirit's power to discern good from evil. And I know the last days, it says in the last days, evil shall be good and good shall be evil. You know, you know, it's kind of opposite. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. Just flip it around and you got it, right? It's the last days but we are spirit being we are spiritual people we ought to be able to to walk in faith and know the warfare know there's a real enemy and stand on guard against the, the enemy be be sober be vigilant why because your adversary is out there right there's an adversary out there and his name is satan so so he wants to he wants to destroy us but we have to be alert and uh, and discern spiritually and so Uh, A negative example is Samson. And God gave him power to stand strong, yet he allowed himself to be seduced by a woman, blinded by the enemy, and forced to grind wheat in prison. You can look at that in Judges chapter 13 through 16, tells the story. Powerful. Powerful. Uh, His mother was barren, but God gave her uh, a miracle. She talked to God, and the angel of the Lord showed up, told her what to do. I mean, if the Lord shows up, you've got to obey what the Lord says. Said, this is what you need to do. Told her husband. He didn't believe her. I mean, spiritual discernment, it's something to me I've noticed throughout. uh, Pentecostal ladies have a spirit of discernment. All the ladies shouted. I mean, it just seems like, I don't know why you think. Why do you think? I'm not going to debate it, talk about it. I have my own idea why I think women are more, more prone to be sensitive. Uh, Because emotionally they're in touch with their men are like macho, like
1: give me some beef.
0: Is there any hot dogs to eat? So so it's limited. It kind of divides them from the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit speaking to him. Are y'all are you okay with that? Machoism and pride. You know, Samson man, what a gift, what a blessing. Made a Nazarite vow, didn't cut his hair. So the parents had to discern what to do with the child. Are y'all hearing me? Samson grew up in parental guidance, PG, but he ended up rated R. I don't think anybody's listening to my sermon today. I'm going to preach to y'all online. I can't even tell whether you're saying amen or not. It's a whole lot more enjoyable. Amen? Thank you for that amen. See that? How fun is that? So we have to develop spiritual discernment. And although he was supernaturally strong, Samson, he was conquered by a woman and uh, ended up blinded, bound, and grinding in the meal, grinding meal in the prison. Just round and round, he lost his purpose, lost his anointing, lost everything because he was a part time Pentecostal. He didn't discern. He didn't discern. And maybe he learned it from his parents. I just got to tell you in chapter 14, uh, <laughs> uh, Judges 14, verse 4, his parents did not know i want you to look at that just got to look at that because uh because judges just turn to judges if you wouldn't mind chapter uh, 14 and verse 4 judges 14 and verse 4 um uh, i had it marked but i lost it but i got it here it is judges 14 and verse 4 i think it's important that you get this and so um his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. So here's a here's a, a godly mom and dad, right, that did not know that the Lord was moving. That's discernment. I mean, oh, spiritual discernment knows they did not know. They also uh, allowed their son to marry outside of the. Uh, I don't think anybody's hearing me. Mom and daddy, you are responsible for your children. They don't know. They're not able to. They don't have the maturity to. So it's up to you to lead them and guide them. You have to have discernment, mom and dad, to raise godly children. Somebody needs to help to preach or preach.
1: Come on, it's Pastor Appreciation Day.
0: <laughs> Since it is Pastor Appreciation Day, you know, you know, you got to, you got to see this because look at chapter 16, Judges 16. If you, it's not up there, I, that's why I'm not going nowhere. Stay right there. Uh, chapter 16, verse 16. And and uh, it came to pass. Look at this. When she pestered him, she pestered him. She didn't pastor him. She pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. That he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come to my head. For I have been a Nazarite to God from whom uh, my mother's womb. If I'm shaven, then my strength will be leaving me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that, he had told her all his heart. She sent and called for the Lords of the Philistines, saying, Come on up here, we got him. You see that? He's letting out his secret. He's not discerning what's right and what's not right. He didn't discern who to marry, who not to marry. How I many know? You need spiritual discernment. It's warfare. You can't just walk blindly everywhere. You need the Holy Ghost to guide you. You don't speak in tongues just to speak in tongues. How many thankful we have a Holy Ghost to lead us? He's there to lead us. He's there to say yes. He's there to say no. He's there to say go. He's here to say stop. He's there to warn you. He's there to encourage you.
1: He's there to help you not get into trouble. So listen to the voice of the Spirit. Man, that'll preach in some places. She pestered him daily till he gave in. Verse 19, she lulled him to sleep. You see it? Mm -mm.
0: Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. That's what Satan does. He'll rock you to sleep. He'll rock you to sleep. He'll feed you a lie that tells you it ain't going to make any difference anyway. How many know the devil is a liar? You better wake up. You need to have some spiritual discernment. You got to know the voice of Satan and you got to know the voice of God. And if you don't know the voice of Satan, you better know the voice of God. Maybe it'd be a good idea to know who your opponent is, it
1: would be a real good idea to know who your enemy is.
0: So that's spiritual discernment. Verse 20, he did, he did not know the Lord departed from him. Would you just look at that verse 20? My goodness, that's power. And she said that, and look, look, um,
1: but he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Wow. If you don't know, who in the world is going to know? You mean the Lord can depart from us and we don't even know it? That takes spiritual discernment.
0: Pastor, keep preaching. This is good stuff. Somebody's wanting to learn it. All right, And that's the negative example, but there's also a positive example. The men of Ish- Ishkar, they understood the times, and they knew what Israel should do. Come on now. How many of you understand the times we're living in? The people of God weren't uh, ignorant to what's going on. Didn't Paul say, don't be ignorant of the Satan's devices and schemes and tricks, snares of the enemy? Don't lay around being dumb or ignorant or or, or just ignoring it. The ignorant means to ignore can't ignore the signs. How I many know there really is a devil who really does want to set you up for disaster? He wants you to be totally annihilated. He wants you to be ended. Death is the goal. Death to your life. Death to your ministry. Death to your marriage. Death to your church. Death to your job. Death to your children. Death to your culture. How I many know the devil would like to lay out the United States of America? He's doing a good job. See, so he's doing a good job because we are not vigilant. We're not sober. Can I tell you, we better beef up our military. I said our military cannot be weak. That's in the natural stance. How many know America's military better be beefed up? Is anybody here listening to me? If that's true in the secular world, a military action, is true in the spiritual world. You got to wake up, open up your spiritual eyes, read your Bible. Ask God to show you what's going on. Don't be naive. They understood what was going on. And they knew what they needed to do as born-again believers. So Samson was a part-time Pentecostal. He thought he could turn it on and turn it off. He thought he could just, uh, don't worry about it. I got it. I'm the strongest man in the world. How I many no, Take heed when you stand lest you too fall. You better wake up, smell the roses. So how can we do it, Pastor? Well, let me just help you here. To stay on guard means you have to recognize the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's the first part of it. First, got to recognize it. Do you understand when the Holy Spirit's speaking to you? Do you know even the voice of the Spirit, whether it's a still, small voice, or very loud? Can't you, can't you discern when God is talking to you? If you can't, you need to revisit the altar and ask God to fill you with the Spirit and have a prayer life. You need to learn the voice of God, man. Because he he's always prompting. Can I tell you? If you fall on your face, it's not because the Holy Spirit didn't prompt you. It's because you didn't listen. You rocked to sleep. You lulled yourself. Something have has uh, brought a spirit of stupidity and you was in a stupefied state or something. I mean, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to fall away. You can live in victory. Come on, church. You can live in victory. And if you don't have spiritual discernment, boy, you are on your way. Learn how to recognize the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Uh, number two, uh, it means to recognize deceptive reasoning and thinking. R- we, we need to know that it starts in the mind. And
1: Satan is always trying to reason. Have you ever tried to reason with an alcoholic, a drunk? Good luck. What about somebody on crack or, uh, had a lady pull up this week? Man, cracked out, cracked out. And she said, did you get me? I ran out of gas right here. I said, isn't that convenient?
0: She ran out of gas right here in our parking lot, right up to the door of the church office. I said, you are so lucky, lady. Your car just could gone right there. All you had to do was ring the doorbell. How, how awesome is that? I said, ma'am, I am on my way to I don't have a, a gasoline can. I don't know what I can do to help you. Don't worry, Pastor.
1: I have a gasoline can. How many of you have ever been taken? Anybody been taken before? Well, I didn't allow her to take me. I took her gas can and got her some gas. Let her go.
0: Because this world's confused. You can't reason with an alcoholic or a crackhead. I've tried. One time they called and. Came by the house. Remember, Melissa was, was our first church, 28 years old, and knocked on the door Saturday morning at the parsonage. And I tell you, thank God we don't have a parsonage here. Thank you, Old Grove. Thank you so much for getting away from the parsonage days. Uh, we've been in the parsonage. We lived in the parsonages. And, uh, and everybody goes to the parsonage because it's right by the church. And we have the answer to all the world's problems because we live in the parsonage. Pastor appreciation. This is very appropriate. So let me keep going. So she rang the doorbell and asked my wife uh, answered to say I just need some groceries. I have three little kids in the trailer and they're starving to death. They haven't eaten in several days. Well, if you're young and, and naive in the ministry, you just take people at face value. I can't imagine that three little kids are starving to death in the trailer down the street. So we went in our didn't we baby? We went in the fr- refrigerator and we took. Uh, I even gave her my bluebell ice cream. How I many know that's a miracle right there? Uh-huh. When you give somebody your bluebell ice cream, I just want you to know that that is a gift from the Lord. I gave her all of our ice cream. It was half eaten. It was half eaten, but I did give it to her. We put it all in there. All the groceries we had, half a loaf of bread, whatever we had, filled up a couple of bags of groceries. We went to the door and we said, here you go, sweetie. To which she replied, you don't have one dollar. I don't know how much money we gave her in the form of food, but she didn't want food. You know why? She didn't even have three kids. People will lie to you. Can I tell you, Max, we better have spiritual discernment if we're going to lead the church. They'll lie straight to you. Okay? I'm not trying to dispoor people. I'm trying to educate God's people. You better learn how to discern what's true. You can tell when somebody's lying to you. I told you I gave the lady the gas. I knew she was lying anyway. And I invited her to church, and if she's here today, I would tell her what I'm telling you. You need Jesus addiction will blind you from any kind of logic you can't argue or reason with somebody who's unreasonable and, and somebody had to say amen all right so you got to learn how to do that and having spiritual discernment means you you can see unwise and destructive relationships my goodness how do we end up in relationships that are so destructive did we just not think about it what happened to Samson first little girl comes along she's not in the she's not in the Israelite Mom and dad didn't have discernment. Are y'all seeing that? We're always cleaning up the mess down the road. I mean, if we'd have discernment, we could straighten it out before it ever
1: happens. That's what I'm talking
0: about. There's a word for sin that that means the end result. There's a powerful definition for the word sin. It, it, It means the end result. In other words, if we knew the end result before we took part in it, we wouldn't do it. If we had spiritual discernment, we could say, hey, hey, this is not good. This relationship's not good. If if Jim Bob had seven other wives, you probably don't want to marry Jim Bob.
1: Come on, it going to take a scientist to figure that out. Jim Bob just killed six other relationships, and guess what he's going to do to yours? Oh, I love the way y'all are helping me preach today. You don't even need the Holy Ghost for that. Just get away from Jim Bob. He's going to kill you.
0: You don't need discernment for that. So so how many things it's advantage to have the Holy Spirit just speaking to you about your marriage, about your life, about how to raise your children, about where to go to church, about how to live, how to lead, where to work, what to do, how to move? We need the Lord. Amen? We need the Lord. So, So never lose your common sense in the Spirit. Somebody say amen. Do you know one thing? America's lost. Plain old, ordinary, everyday, common sense. Common sense. There's never been a day where we needed common sense. If you add the Holy Spirit to that, that's discernment. Spiritual common sense, for goodness sakes. So, never lose common sense in the Spirit. Watch who you trust. Watch who you make relationships with. This is good stuff. Watch who you hang around. Watch who you hang around. Watch what you do. Watch what you read. Watch what you listen to. Watch where you go. Okay? And if you don't do that on the front end, you're going to have destruction on the back end. Samson ought to be a good enough witness. Is is that that true? All right. The Last one because we got to go. Also allows us to foresee conflicts and potential problems before they
1: happen. Wow! You mean the Holy Spirit can help us to see problems before they happen, Max? Of course he can.
0: He doesn't want you to fumble along every day and bump into every road and every knot all over your head all the time. It's absolutely critical that we develop discernment, especially in the last days. Keep your head up. Keep your eyes open. Amen? Keep your ears open to the voice of the Lord. Look at this, Matthew twenty four twenty three 23 through
1: 25. Then if anyone says to you, look here, here is the Christ, or there, don't believe it. For false Christs
0: and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. And then Jesus says, see, I told you all this ahead of time. So when the liars come, you will know they're liars. It just blows my mind. You know what? False preachers don't bother me.
1: It's gullible Christian people who believe it. That's what bothers me. Are we that biblically illiterate that we can't tell? So
0: we have to have spiritual discernment. You have to have the word of God. You have to know where you're going. Open your eyes. This is not, this is not just accidentally happened. You have to be intentional to have spiritual victory. Victory is what we want. All right? Okay. Let's keep going. Not only should we stay on guard, but we should stand firm in the faith. Stand firm. What does that mean? Well, it means to be true to God's standards. How many know God has a standard and the culture has a standard? I said, how many realize that the, the culture standard is not God's standard? Okay, there you are. <laughs> the culture standard is way down here, and God's standard is way up here. But the culture looks at us in leadership that's holding to God's standards and saying we're old fuddy-duddies and outdated and dumb, while they go on to the culture of the church, the, the church age, or the pseudo church, or the church that's just attracting people but not changing and transforming lies the lives they're telling them lies can i tell you i'm going to be accountable to god for telling you the truth i'm going to be accountable to god for telling you the truth so i don't care if we build a big old gigantic crowd we may not get a big crowd or a great crowd but i do want a church with a great big heart a great heart a church that's going to make it in the rapture. You know what, Max? If we get 100% of Old Grove makes it in the rapture, I'll be excited. Who cares if I have 10,000 people and 998, uh, you know, 9,998
1: don't make it? What good did I do? It's kind of like the the guy's playing golf and he, he teed up
0: uh, his ball on an ant pile. And in the ant pile, they had 5,000 ants. And he swung and he destroyed 4,998 ants. He killed 4,998 ants and only had two ants left.
1: And and one ant said to the other one, I can see it now, sir. If we're going to live, we're going to have to get on the ball. (laughs) I'm telling you folks, if we're going to stand firm in the last days, we're going to have to get on the ball.
0: That guy don't stand a chance to hit the ball. We're going to live if we stay on the ball and so standing firm means to perceive uh uh that god's standards is the right standard it means to persevere in the face of opposition it means to be immovable unshaken and the lord said that everything that can be shaken will be shaken stand firm persevere in the face of opposition stand immovable unshaken god's going to help us to, to to keep on moving forward he's going to help us to to move in the in the spirit and stand firm in the faith. The only way we can stand firm in the faith is by exercising biblical-based convictions. Biblical-based convictions. I'm so sick and tired of everybody's opinion. I don't care if it's on YouTube or MySpace or Facebook or any other concoction. How many know there's a lot of lying going on on social media? People are confused. And they don't care if it's biblically sound or not. They're just coming up with all kinds of stuff. Agreeing with all kinds of false teaching in the name of compassion. I mean, no, that's
1: not compassion. That's ignorance. So you go ahead and endorse and condone sin. Go ahead and do it. That person's going to bust hell wide
0: open. It's going to be your fault. You put your John Henry on there. You, you had, listen to me. We don't condemn sinners. Uh, 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 we don't condemn Sinners, we 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 don't condone sin. Let me say it again, we don't condemn sinners, and we don't condone sin. Are you understanding what I'm saying? In other words, we don't condone sin. We preach against sin. That's the only way a sinner is going to get saved. It's the way you and I had to get saved. Today, you know, I missed this pseudo church deal. I mean, it would have been a good deal when I first got saved. If you can do anything you want today. And still be
1: a Christian? How convenient is that? That's like running out of gas right here at the pastor's office. Well, he can give you gas in the name of compassion. But I didn't help her one bit. Is anybody listening
0: to me? Gave her gas, but she's going to get another hit of crack. I didn't help her because I couldn't reason with her. I couldn't agree with her. I couldn't condemn her, but I couldn't condone what she's doing. Wasn't going to be no help there until she decided to repent of her sin. I don't care how much talk I did. This is really preaching some places. No matter what, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's conviction right there. That's Bible-based conviction. It doesn't matter what the enemy wants to try to do around me or to me or through me or how or whatever he wants to do. I'm against it. I'm against anything Satan wants to do. I'm against it. I'm against anything that says... Uh, contrary to this word, you don't have to know my opinion. If it's in the book, you don't even have to bother to ask me. All right? So I remember we were youth pastors. Some of the kids asked the youth pastor, Brother Bear, said, Brother Ron, uh, we're going to camp. Can we, the girls would say, can we bring string string bikinis to camp? I looked straight at her and I said, just the fact that you had to ask me means you don't even know.
1: How dumb is that? No, you can't bring string bikinis to the youth church camp. Where's your common sense? And that's where the parents should have came in. Oh, I love it. I love it. I had to tell her, no, 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 no. In fact, you're going to wear kulaks. Just because you asked me that, you're going to wear kulaks in the pool. (laughs) Oh, I feel like preaching today, y'all.
0: And so this is what Joshua said. Hey, you know what? If you want to believe the lies of your forefathers and worship the gods of your forefathers, you go ahead. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's biblical convictions. That's convictions that mean more than just your opinion. And biblical principles determine uh, that you determine to follow those no matter what. And so a preference, on the other hand, changes with circumstance or when it's not convenient. Your preferences are different than the principles of God's Word. Preferences change when it's convenient. Some religions do that. False religions do that. Right? you got Vatican I, now you got Vatican II, soon-to-be Vatican III. What happened? We couldn't eat meat on Friday, now we can eat meat on Friday? Tell that to all the people who ate fish all those days. Why are you changing midstream? Because man will mess up and have religion, but we need a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why, I'm not worried about your preferences. Who cares whether you eat meat or whether you eat fish? It has nothing to do with the kingdom. Oh, and so some of you offended. Can I go back to the offense message and preach that one? <laughs> so many of many of our weaknesses are the absence of godly convictions. You don't have any godly convictions, so you're just going around. I can drink. I can smoke. I can. I can do this, I can do that, I can cohabitate i can I can just do whatever I want to do because it's what I think. It's the way I interpret the scripture. Hey, it's not up to you, the word of God thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not what do you How do you have to interpret that? It's just that simple, and I think we have pastors that are coddling, coddling and 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 cuddling this culture, and so they can get people's tithe and keep a big crowd, they're just winking
1: at sin, winking at sin could be why we're not at a thousand people yet i wish we did have a thousand
0: you know what i would do if we ran a thousand i would already planted two other churches why do i need a big old i can't handle all them let's get pastor bear go pastor one and then and then mark and pastor another one and then i'll stay here didn't we do that with our families going around the world so we have a church in thailand help me out church we have a church in Papua New Guinea. We have a church in Vanuatu. We have a church all over the world because we are re- reproducing people. Reproducing people to go and plant churches around the world. We planted a church in Germany. Uh, Sister Heisman not here today. I don't guess I see her. Oh, she's upstairs.
1: Nursery. Nursery. How about that for a, a, a devoted saint of God working in the nursery at at 49 years old? That's why I've stayed here 20 years. And so, two separate occasions, Daniel was
0: commanded to do things which violated the teaching of Scripture on two different occasions. And uh and because of his strong convictions, Daniel became mightily used of God in the in the land of captivity. He said, I'm not eating what the king offers me. Just because the king offered it doesn't make it right for me. The, my God said, I'm not to eat that, and I'm not eating that. But uh, you know, and, and so what he does is he, he became he used, His first response was to explain his conviction to the one in charge and respectfully ask for permission to use creative alternative, a creative alternative. He said, I can't eat the meat you offer, king. He said, what I can do is I can, me and my men, will eat vegetables and we'll do the Daniel fast where it came from. We'll eat, the, we'll eat the stuff that God will allow us to eat. And let's see what happened. Daniel's men and Daniel were strong in the Lord.
1: And the king's men, they were weak. Why? Because God's standards are better than the culture standards. Quit trying to be so American that you lost Christianity. And so
0: the other way he did it was the second response was to obey God and submit to the consequences for disobedience. I saw a picture this week on, on uh, not all of social media is bad. I, I look at it every now and then, Facebook, and I love these pictures that come out. This one was of Daniel was looking out a window and the lion were behind him. And the caption said, Oh, notice what Daniel's looking at. He's looking out the window to his God. Many times we lose perspective because we're looking at the lions. Can I just tell you today? Turn around and lift your eyes toward the heavens and look at God and the, the little lions won't bother you. The lions won't bother you. Look to Jesus, who's the author and the, and the finisher of your faith. That's how you walk in victory. If you keep your eyes on the lion, you're looking at the wrong lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. How many know he's beautiful? Come on, lift your hands and say he's beautiful. Gaze your eyes on Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's how Daniel did it. Hallelujah. It matters what you're looking at, lions or the Lord. And so, let's keep going because you're excited. Stay courageous. It means be bold, fearless, resolute, determined to win the victory. Put on the whole armor of God so that you're able to withstand against the wiles of the devil, the tricks, the schemes, the, the traps, the snares, the strategies. He's got a plan to destroy you. And if you don't believe that, you're not even out of the gate yet. Lift up your head. Lift up. Don't be so silly. You've you got to act manly. I don't mean manly like, where's the beef? I'm talking like manly, like bold, strong. Be bold and courageous, like Joshua said. Be courageous. Be bold. Be valiant. Be fearless, daring, resolute, determined, and with confidence. Boy, we can have confidence. How I many know oh, you got to act with confidence, by faith? How many believe our God can take care of us and give us the victory? Does anybody believe God is going to give us the victory? Of course, we can have confidence that whatever we have, whatever we ask in thy name, believing it shall be done. That's Scripture. That's Scripture. So, so God wants us to be strong with the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. God promised Joshua great success if you would faithfully meditate on the word day and night. Joshua 1. And when God's word is applied to our everyday life, we, too, become strong and courageous in the face of opposition. And I love when Joshua was in the valley fighting uh, against the enemy and Moses was on the mountain, prayer and prayer. Can I say on Pastor Appreciation Day, pray for your pastors. Pray for your deacons. Pray for your pastoral team. Pray for the lay people. Pray for the church. Pray that we stay in unity. Pray that we keep a a Pentecostal perspective, an eternal perspective, one that says we're going to be kingdom workers, not just cave into the pressure of the culture. That's some good praying. So so be able to to place God's principles upon scripturally based things. Research the actual meaning of scripture and see reality through the eyes of scripture. Look at the book. I mean, the Bible is going to be our salvation. If the Bible's not there, we're not there. I tell you what, folks. I love the Assemblies of God. I got Assembly of God wife, Assembly of God kids, Assembly of God grandkids. I got Assembly of God watch, Assembly of God church. But they go away from this book. How many know I won't be Assembly of God anymore? Because I'm not here to worship the Assemblies of God. I'm here to worship the God of the Assemblies. So, so I'm glad. I'm a. Lo- I love our fellowship, and it's not perfect. I know she's got some issues. I mean know oh, she's still the church. Because she's staying strong to the word. But if they violate the word of God, like right now, some fellowships are doing and organizations are doing. And somebody said the other day on, on Facebook, a friend of mine looked on Facebook and saw that they uh they had this transgender person that got ordained in I forget what church what church uh ordained her. And then the assembly of God pastor said, Congratulations. So I I I texted him, I said, what what incarnations are you doing congratulating a, a, a transgender person who's getting ordained? He said, well,
1: your scripture and my scripture is two different scriptures. I said, goodbye. Unfriend. I don't even know how to unfriend somebody, but I did it. I'll tell you how to unfriend them. Just don't friend them. I don't know how to do that. Somebody's going to help me soon. Um,
0: Meditate on God's Word so that it becomes part of your thought process, your mindset. That's our topic. Correctly apply Scripture to real-life situations. Am I against this man or woman who thinks I don't know what they are, who they are? No, I'm not against them. Because why? We don't condemn sinners. We pray for sinners. We bless them. We love them. We want them. We welcome them. But we don't condone their behavior. Has everybody got that? Is that clear? Say, Pastor, you have no compassion. No, I have compassion, but they have to line up with the Word of God. It's not my rules. It's His. You can't live in sin and call yourself born again. That's just the way I see it, and I'm going to probably write a book called That's the Way I See It. Let me go. Got to get out of here. Stay strong. Be empowered by the Spirit. Increase in spiritual strength. Man, how do you do that? Well, you know. To be in physical strength, as I am, perfect picture of physique and strength. Uh, Pray for pastor. I really need to do something about this. (laughs) It follows me wherever I go. In fact, it leads me. It leads me. I follow it wherever it goes. (laughs) And I really do. I ask for your prayers. I really do need to do something about that. I do want to be here around for Tommy and the babies and and my ladies and, and my girl. And, um. And so, and so, boy, I got off track there, just almost lost my mind thinking about that. Just about lost my mind thinking about that. Or just as you do for the physical body, strengthen this physical body, you need to do that with the spiritual body. The spiritual mind. The carnal mind can't understand the things of God. Pray, read your Bible, get into study, learn the word of God. Go to church more than once a month. The average person goes to church once a month now. Once a month. That's the new average. It's a new normal. Can I tell you, it's nothing not even close to normal. It's new, but it's not normal. So get back to church whenever you can. God bless America. All right? And so Elijah Elijah, brought the people to a point of decision with great supernatural signs, all right, to empower them, increase them in might. Uh, following 1 Kings 18 and, and 19, he, he succumbed to demonic pressure through Queen Jezebel, the man of God who just called fire down from heaven was uh, in a cave ready to die, commit suicide, or just kill me, Lord. I mean, no, that's a long way from where he went in to where he ended up. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Jezebel t- tricked him and scared him and intimidated him and
1: bluffed him. And, yeah, she killed a lot of prophets, but didn't mean she was going to kill him. All right, all right. It's quiet in here. God's intent was to increase Elijah's own strength through the trial.
0: Trials should not deter you. They should actually catapult you. You should be strengthened in that. You should be like a refiner's fire. You should be more spiritually strong as you've been through the fire. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? And then he brought them people to a point of decision in 1 Kings 18, 21. He said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord God is your God, serve him. If Baal's your God, serve them. Can I tell you today, O Grove? If God is your God, serve him. If Baal's your God, serve him. Stop
1: faltering between two opinions. Get it right. That's just culture you need to hear that sermon. Get it right. You don't believe in God? Then go on and go. Believe in Baal. See what he gets you. He won't bail you out. I can tell you that. So Elijah.
0: He brought them to that point of decision. And I'm bringing people to a point of decision today, both online and in the house. Serve the Lord and him only. Quit all that belly aching and whining and crying. Just get up and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Serve God. Read your
1: Bible. If you keep more time on Facebook than you do in the Word, you're not going to be strong. So, so why don't you do a fast? Fast some electronics. Say, Pastor, don't say fast
0: TV because college sports just started. College football just started. Don't say that, Pastor, please. Please don't do that. You're going to kill us all. He revealed the futility of the gods of Baal and demonstrated the power of God. He established convictions in, in, in his own life, and he, and he taught other people to have those biblical convictions, and he, prepared, he was prepared to stand alone for his convictions. I feel that way, honestly. There's a lot of pastors in the assemblies of God, has succumbed to this
1: pressure. Pressure.
0: Oh, Ron, you need to you need to black the sanctuary out and throw rock and roll music in the parking lot so people can feel comfortable when they come to church. You need to put ashtrays in the in the foyer so people can smoke and enjoy themselves. And open up a coffee
1: shop in the sanctuary so I can spill coffee. They already spill coffee. Why would I even, Your Lord. Y'all don't like that kind of preaching, but that's true. That's true. So be strong. Establish
0: your convictions. And, and finally, this is it. Chrissy, you and Pastor Taylor, y'all can come, whoever's coming with you.
1: Keep yourself in the love of God. Man, I wanted to tell a lot of people a lot of things. Now, how many know the love of God
0: constrains me? compels me to go and tells me when to shut up. I mean, thank God for spiritual discernment. Anybody ever have a spiritual moment where you wanted to say something
1: stupid and God shut you up and you were thankful? I'm still waiting on that moment. Yeah, God wants to help
0: us. He's not out to hurt you. He wants you to have victory. He wants you to live at peace. But you're going to have to respond with God's supernatural love, right? Remember Stephen, when he was called before the Jewish council, his face became like the face of an angel. Acts chapter 6. I believe the day is coming in very soon, very soon. Preachers, listen to me, preachers. The day is coming very soon where you're going to have to stand before the Jewish council. They're going to stone you. It may not be as graphic as Stephen, but they're going to rail you. They're already censoring us. I think they're going to try to censor the pulpit. They're going to censor our votes. They're censoring stuff on Facebook and, and all that. They're censoring. They're already censoring. How many of us are already here? It's already here. Censor and and, and and cancel culture is already here. If you have an opinion, it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. So they're going to shut us down. But how many would, uh, would still serve the Lord even if it was by the riverside? Come on now. Hey if, hey, if the government wants this $2 million worth of facilities, come on and grab it. Let us know before we build another million dollars worth. I'm not here to build buildings. I'm here to build people. I'm here to build people. We want to build people. We want to build people. Strong people. Courageous people. People who are alert, vigilant, sober. All right? But we need to do this in love. He was able to face his persecutors with genuine love because he was filled with the Spirit. He was filled with the Word. Stephen said, I'm going to take my eyes off the men who are throwing stones at me and put them on Jesus who has welcomed me into his presence. Would you stand with me this morning? If you can just get a vision right now of who he is and where he is. And if anybody's coming against you, if you're under attack, I said if you're under attack this morning, I want you to lift your hands and lift your eyes toward the hills from where your hilt comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Father, help us demonstrate a servant's heart, commit to the success of other people. Help us to learn to see situations from other people's perspective so we can have a little bit more compassion at least or something. I don't even know how to respond to that. Help us to watch for pride to enter into my heart. Help me to conquer pride. Help me, Lord, to listen to your voice and to be able to discern what you're saying, what the enemy's lying to me. Help me to refuse to be angry when other people fail me. Help me not to get offended all the time by every little thing. Help me to overcome evil by an opposite action of love and good. What the enemy meant for bad, help turn around for good. Can I just speak to you before we open this altar? If you're offended all the time, you're going to live in a constant state of hurt. You've got to let that thing go. You cannot live in a constant state of offense. You're just never going to get over it. There's going to be another one. That's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you, and then it's going to compile, and you're going to give up.
1: I wouldn't be intimidated by Queen Jezebel. I mean, the devil is a liar.